0: Radio Indy presents the Bishop Strickland Hour with Bishop Joseph Strickland of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. This program is a production of Virgin Most Powerful Internet Radio.
1: Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. got a special edition. We have a special guest, Charles D. Frani. He's the founder of theology, as a, as a founding theology te- uh, teacher at Christ the King Catholic School in Huntersville, North Carolina. And he went to Christendom College and lots of other good things about it. But, Charles, <laughs> I want to welcome you to our show, my friend.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here.
1: Well, you wrote the book, Slaying Dragons, uh, What Exorcists See and What We Should Know. And Bishop Strickland, weeks ago, endorsed that book. So I thought it might be interesting to have you on. And the good bishop could ask you some questions about the book. So I'm going to turn it over to Bishop Strickland.
3: Yeah, thank you, Terry. Actually, I think I endorsed the book pretty soon after it came out. Um, but uh, I I read it, and it it really... I think it opened some some doors for me of, of just recognition of of the reality of evil. Certainly, I always emphasize that Christ has conquered sin and death. He's conquered the evil, but we're so easily drawn into the darkness. And I think this book really is essential reading. Um, Charles, what, what really um, inspired you to tackle such a topic as a high school theology teacher?
2: yeah well, um it was really an act of uh, an inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not not to claim any kind of special charism or anything, but um I like to say it was a happy accident of divine providence because <laughs> uh, I was uh a you know, high school theology teacher, so um there's a lot of stress, a lot of in- intensity there if you if you do it well, it's hard it's a lot of work to reach these kids. So in the process, I realized that I had my own i had basically it started with discerning that I had a spiritual obstacle in some kind of blockade, as I called it, in my spiritual life. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And I had a master's in theology, but I had very little training in spiritual warfare and all this, these teachings. So in the process of trying to figure out what the spiritual obstacle was, like I felt like I could make no more progress spiritually. That's what it was. I started talking to a lot of priests that I'd come to know, and they introduced me to spiritual warfare, um, deliverance prayers, um, just sacramentals, all this stuff, renunciations, And as a way to combat whatever this thing was. And in the process, a long story short, I realized that it was probably like a low level diabolical obsession, which is not that uncommon. But it was blocking me from making spiritual progress. And I challenged it with the help of these priests who are trained in spiritual warfare. And it went away. It completely left. And my spiritual life changed like almost overnight. Some really, really dramatic graces that our Lord gave me. Um, again, that makes a really long story, but that's the short version of but it Basically, along the way, I started um, studying uh, the teachings of Father Ripperker online on his videos and other all these other exorcists like Father Morth and all the other public ones um, to learn more. And that's when I was getting this illumination about how to fight the devil properly. Um, and in the process, I've always been a study, a researcher, and a writer. So I looked; I was taking notes the whole time, watching these videos, and reading these books, and eventually I realized, "Hey, I've got I've got a book just sitting right here. I need to write it because I don't think there's anything out there like this." <laughs>
3: uh, very good. Awesome.
2: Uh, yeah, Terry. Oh,
1: no, I say that was awesome. I I'm so excited that Father Chad Ripperger comes every year to our spiritual warfare conference, and I hear what you just said and it made me just smile because i hear it a lot similar st- stories that you just said so wow that's interesting
3: Bishop. yeah and and what i would point out and what the 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 whole getting into spiritual combat for me um is the reality that i think we are desensitized to miracles and blessings and god working in the positive side of our lives and we're desensitized to evil and, you know, not, I mean, everybody doesn't need an exorcist, but the the oppressive nature of evil and, and I mean, the St. Michael prayer, there are Satan's minions prowling the earth, trying to destroy us, and that's their objective. Um, I always tell people, you know, not to be so afraid that there's a, a, a demon around every corner. But to just have your eyes open, I think both to the good and to the evil, to just, you know, quit talking so much about um, coincidences or trying to explain Mm -hmm. it away in some scientific way. There are many things that science runs into. They don't like to admit it, but I mean, the Catholic Church has always upheld science. If you look at the history of the development of science, The church is right there. I mean, some of the greatest discoveries were by monks in the earliest years of developing the scientific method. But I think we need to be more sensitized to blessings and goodness and just like you said, the uh, sort of a serendipitous, happy uh, circumstance that Mm -hmm. you began to recognize this. I'm sure as a man of prayer you recognize that something was up. You began to talk to priests. And here you produce a book that I think can help many people with exactly what that subtitle says. Exorcism learned a lot about how demons work, what repels them, what attracts them, the portals that they use. Modern society is riddled with those portals, and we just need to be aware of it.
1: If I could and- just jump in for you, just a quick note, because people are saying, how do I get the book? Would you please, Charles, tell us how people can get your book?
2: Certainly. So um, remarkably, these books, I have four books now. I'm coming close to releasing a new one, but they're all self-published. So you can find them on Amazon. Slaying Dragons you can find pretty much everywhere. But if you go to my Slaying Dragons Amazon page and click on my name, you'll see my other books. You can also get it directly from me at my website, theretreatbox.com. Of course, I make more royalties. I'd rather I'd
1: rather not go to uh, Amazon and and go directly to you, my friend. I'm not a big supporter of Amazon, so let's go to your website. Thank you. Continue on it. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just know people are thinking, "Well, how do I get the book?"
2: Yeah, yeah. So theretreatbox.com. That's that's the one. I'm about to change the name to Slaying Dragons Press, but it'll still bring you there. Good. I'll redirect Good. it. Um, but one of the things that I was going to mention. Um, Uh, which Bishop Strickland was talking about is one of the big things that led me to writing the book was fasting. Mm. So part of the protocol, so to speak, that was recommended to me was a program called Exodus 90. Oh yeah, And I did this with a bunch of high school boys and the chaplain. So I ended up modifying it, you know, not really cheating, but I modified it and replaced some things with more fasting, which was a bit reckless, but also a bit um, just brave. Like I ended up losing 20 pounds, which was not what I was trying to do but I was after something and I knew that the fasting was going to help me accomplish it. And it did like, that was one of the things that broke down partially that began the breaking down of that blockade. And since we're in Lent now, just want to encourage like one of the biggest penances we can do is fasting Mm -hmm. Uh, prayer and fasting. Like this is, this is powerful.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I certainly uh, agree with that. And, and I think it reminds us that we are, Created in the image and likeness of God, we are body, mind, spirit. It's not just body. It's not just spirit. It's woven together. And things that we can do, like fasting, you think, well, that's losing weight or whatever, and you you may lose some weight. You don't right. look like you need to, but um, it's it's about the whole person and and really giving up some physical things or some doing some things that affect our body can also ex- affect our spirit. And I think that's. That's the whole point that we need to really help people to to embrace, especially, like you said, during the Lenten season.
1: Wow. You know, we just have a couple minutes left. Um, What can we say, Charles, about the family under attack and how understanding how the devil works could help family life get better? What's your answer to that?
2: Yeah, so one of the at the root of the diabolical hold on us is sin. Mm -hmm. It's like that's where all the problems begin. And if we look at our culture, like it is just, I don't know, pre apocalyptic, really, the the kind of sins we have enshrined and embraced and celebrated. You, you feel like the crazy one by being rational and, you know, hating evil. I mean, it's, it's really a bizarre time to live, but yeah. spiritual warfare is a result. So sin is creating this societal void, spiritual void on a societal, almost a global level, which really kind of empowers the demons to work against us because we're not protected. Of course, we are in a state of grace, we're protected, but so much of society is not. And if families allow these kinks in the armor, of spiritual protection, then the devil's going to come in and mess with them because temptation is this psychological warfare that we're always undergoing. And if we're not acknowledging it, then we're not pushing back. We're not fighting. We're not training our mind in sacred truths. So we're just, we're putting in the devil's hand. And Uh, families are just, I mean, I was talking about, I have four kids, like it's stressful to have a big family, which is what God wills in this society. So you have that natural stress, and then you have this crazy culture on top of it. And if you're not steeped in grace, like, I'm sorry, it's it's not going to go well. And so, but if you are steeped in grace, then the opposite, you can have a happy, happy life suffering. But if you're in a state of grace, you know, God will protect you.
3: Amen. Charles, I really would want to underscore what you said, because the exorcist that I've talked to and read about, they say, you know, I think people think, oh, this dramatic thing. And and certainly it can be dramatic. I've witnessed some drama, but it they said the best thing to do is go to confession. It -hmm. may not be the end of it or the totality of it, but that's the first best remedy to any kind of. And sometimes when it's more serious, I've heard the the exorcists talk about the reality that a person will refuse to go to confession because they're so, they're so possessed, but very often, I mean, and for most of the people, families, get everybody to confession. If you're concerned about some spiritual darkness in your family life, everybody going to confession is the Mm -hmm. first big step in the right direction.
2: Yeah. And on that um, in my life, I, I'm 43. I came back to the church when I was 20. And in the last 23 years, I think there have been four, maybe five pivotal, like um, next wow. level conversion moments that were um, egged on by or initiated by a confession, including the one while I was researching for this book that really <laughs> broke that blockade. <laughs> That's It awesome. was a confession.
1: Charles Francais, he wrote the book Slaying Dragons. The subtitle, What an Exorcist Sees and What We Should Know. Pick up the book. Thanks again for joining us, my friend.
4: A dash of joy, a hint of hope, a lot of love. Mixed thoroughly with deep faith. It's our recipe for a life well lived. Served fresh, daily. Catholic Radio Indy.
2: Whether things really are crazier than ever, or we just have more ways to hear about it all, it can be a little overwhelming at times. When that happens, remember the Apostle Paul's words from Holy Scripture. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for being a Catholic Radio Indy listener.
1: Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. We just had Charles D. Francais. His, uh the author of the book Slaying Dragons. Wow, what an exorcist sees and what we should know. Uh, so pick up the book. It's self-published. So just type that title in your Google and you'll find it. You know, Bishop Strickland, before we get to your tweets, I was thinking of something. Listening to that interview made me realize the supernatural life that we have in our faith and how the world many times doesn't even see it and there's a I'd never heard of uh, Timothy of Jerusalem but there's a quote I got today from somebody that said the world would have been destroyed long ago because of the sins of man had it not been for the mass and I thought wow you see how important it is the supernatural life we would not even be here Wow Yeah. Bishop Strickland, you tweeted regarding Tennessee governor. uh, He signed a law banning drag queen shows, gender transitions for children, and even any sexualized performances. So pornography, basically this law from what I read is really more than just, you know, signing a law banning drag queen shows and gender transitions, but anything that's going to undermine the morality when it comes to sexual Provocations. and so you said this thank you tennessee 49 more to go in other words more 49 more states to go i love it uh the absolute shame of our nation is that this was ever allowed amen to that our children and our families deserve better i'm calling our texas legislators to make this happen in the lone star state now please did you you really did you made that effort to go talk to your own representatives, Bishop Strickland?
3: Well, I I tweeted that. I haven't. I, You're going to do it. Me. Huh?
1: You're going to do it.
3: Well, I'll, every way I can. Yep. Yeah, I don't I can't contact all of them, but I certainly will encourage that. And uh, we all need to, to ask for the same thing. I mean, it's it should be a no brainer. It should be just absolutely clear. Yeah. But, you know, sadly, as, as Charles was saying, there's there's a lot of evil in the world, and a lot of people have succumbed to it. Yeah, um, I have to say, Terry, just kind of back on the book, Charles Frani, that book, yeah. Franey, that yeah. book yeah. Slaying Dragons. Just, just to reassure people, the goodness of Christ, Amen. the power of His grace. Don't be afraid. Be aware. Be alert, and take action. And like I said, go to confession if if you have any question that some sort of evil is is affecting you, which it does affect all of us, but our best power is the power of God's mercy and forgiveness in the sacrament of confession. It's Christ forgiving us. Amen. But what I wanted to sure. um, really emphasize, people tell me constantly they're praying for me, and I deeply appreciate that. Um, I was just in Milwaukee, speaking at a pro-life gathering um and people constantly telling me they're praying for me. And kind of in light of what we were talking about earlier, I feel that strength and that grace from my prayer and the prayer of others. I mean, things are getting more challenging practically by the day. Amen. I mean, I'm facing very difficult decisions that really honestly shouldn't be that difficult. It's I follow Christ, I live his gospel, I live the catechism of the church, I live the power of God's word, I follow the magisterium of the church, all this talk about changing things and this isn't a sin anymore, or we don't really pay attention to sexual sins, all that is frankly garbage, Amen. not of Christ. And I have to tell you, Terry, kind of a, a personal testimonial, but I think it's important for people to hear. Yes. Because very often people will contact me and and they're they're kind of worried about me. And (laughs) you know, I I appreciate the prayer. I I don't want people to worry about me, but I want to assure people that I am more peaceful and stronger, the stronger I am in in clinging to Christ, in living up, speaking up for his truth and being very clear that I obey the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a sinner. I've I've always acknowledged that. I go to confession. I just went to confession yesterday. <laughs> we all need to go to confession frequently. But I just thought it was important, especially as we're talking about evil and people can get so caught up in the darkness. Um, but Christ is the light of the world. And I can testify, just one guy in East Texas, yes, I'm a bishop, but I'm just another man, (laughs) sinful and weak and dumb sometimes, but I can tell you, I can testify that the more I speak for the truth of Christ and the more clear I am that I'm going to be obedient to Jesus Christ. The, The more peace I have, the more clarity I have, that... I know that the grace of God through others' prayers, through my own prayer, through my doing my best to overcome sin, the grace of God is is strengthening me in amazing ways. People need to know that. And we need to, those who are listening, who feel that themselves because you've done your best to live a virtuous life, stay close to confession, stay close to the sacraments, share with people that's where your strength comes from. Because there's so many people, as Charles was alluding to a moment ago, so many people that are lost, that are caught up in evil and don't even believe in evil. And we need to testify to the light of Christ in the truth and goodness he brings. And it certainly, it's all about everlasting life. It's about the salvation of souls. But it's about the salvation of our lives in this journey as well. God wants this life to be a time of flourishing, a time of growing in virtue, a time of helping others in the works of mercy, corporal and spiritual. It's about growing in grace. That's what this life is for. As we've talked about before, many of the saints don't live that long. Um, Many of the saints, we're... Twice as old than many saints, and many saints die in their twenties or thirties, or even as teenagers. So I think we all need to really think about, and I do my best to do this for myself. But think about every day that we're given. I'm 64. Somebody was kidding me. Oh, you'll you'll be 65, getting Social Security soon, (laughs) next October. But it's my (laughs) obligation to do my best to live every day, every breath that God gives me to do his will and to seek to share his truth and goodness. And I guess what I'm testifying to yes. is that when you just, I fail and I mess up and I sin, but I get up again. Amen. Yeah, when you're even striving to do it, the blessings are abundant, the grace and the peace that the Lord gives you. It's a happy life. A lot of people are looking for happiness. It's not always easy to follow Christ. But when we're willing to take up our cross and follow him, he brings us a deep down joy that the world will never provide.
1: Well said. And I think that it comes to something that just came across my desk that uh, our governor in California, Governor Newsom, saying California will boycott Walgreens. I don't know if you guys have Walgreens in your state, but uh, for not dispensing the abortion pill in 20 states. So here's my point, Bishop Strickland. As a committed follower of Christ, uh, I, I have a Walgreens around my block. I never go, guess where I'm going? I'm going over there to buy something, and I'm going to tell the cashier, the only reason I'm is here is because you guys— are holding the line for not killing future citizens of California. I want to thank you for that. What what are you talking about? In other words, this abortion pill. So I'm going to encourage our listeners to put into action what you just said about being a follower of Christ. Being a follower of Christ means standing up. And I know you tweeted this years ago. Never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. And I thought of that, again, what you were saying. So thank you. Now, Bishop Strickland, this is Lent, and you've given some good spiritual advice to our listeners. I see the tweet that says, uh, I'm about teaching your children to pray the rosary. Now, I didn't think of this, what you just said here, and I'm going to give it to the people, then you can expand on it. Uh, that is that maybe you could start with the Angelus with children if they've never had the rosary before, it's shorter, and the grace that flows from praying it with devotion will help them grow to love the rosary. And it's also good for adults uh, when there just isn't time for the rosary. So families tell me that a lot. We never did that because we always prayed. Was I mean, you know, when the grandchildren are walking, they're they're they the rosary is being prayed. So, but for a lot of families, they, it starts later. That, did someone give you that suggestion? Because I think that's a really great way to introduce them to prayer
3: I guess it was the Holy Spirit it just occurred to me because I'm I'm growing in my own love and embracing the angelus yes um and I think that it it takes about a minute to pray the angelus and the going back again to what Charles Frawny talked about with the Exorcist and all Actually, I was told by an exorcist that the Angelus is one of our best prayers. Yeah, because what does it do? It talks about the incarnate goodness and love coming into the world. Basically, the Angelus is a reflection on the incarnation. And so to reflect on that and to pray that there's a power there. And and I would just encourage people I've encouraged and I, I was encouraged to to pray at 6 a.m., at noon, at 6 p.m., yep. and certainly just to bracket the day, in a sense, to return to the Angelus, that we live in a world where the Son of God has been become a part of creation, and he remains here as part of creation in bread and wine that becomes his body and blood, soul, and divinity. He's part of us in that sense, certainly spiritually always, but I think we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is with us, as he promised, in a very physical, very real way. Just like you and I are taking up some space in creation. Yeah. Not a lot, but we, we have a footprint. I mean, the, the GPS trackers and all, they can you know, okay. know where, where the, the buildings are, where we are. We take up space. Jesus still takes up space in our world, in all the tabernacles, where it's a simple piece of bread that has become his body and blood, soul and divinity. And I think we need to to remember those kinds of things and celebrate that the Lord is with us.
1: Wow. I just, I'm shaking it all and I'm thinking, wow, that is so true. He's with us. Living in the presence of God is the key to a happy life. That's for sure. When we come back, I want to talk about the differences between a well-formed conscience and a conscience that's not well-formed, and how the two differ, and why it's so important to get your conscience right with the church and not with your personal preferences. We're going to talk about that and much more here on the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back.
4: For a long time, we've been telling you that if you have an Echo Dot or other smart speaker device, you can hear Catholic Radio Indy simply by saying, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Just the other day, I did that and Alexa was feeling a bit argumentative. I'll let you hear my conversation with her. Uh, Alexa, where are you?
2: Here I am. What do you want?
4: Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy.
2: Now, just why would you want me to do that?
4: Well, because we've got great programming 24 hours a day.
2: Well, a lot of other radio stations have good programs, too.
4: Yeah, but our programming talks about God and eternal salvation.
2: I am very smart. I know almost everything about everything, but I do not know about God and salvation.
4: Well, that's why people need Catholic Radio Indy. So, Alexa, do me a favor. Whenever anyone says, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy, just send them our way, would you?
2: Yes, I will be happy to do that. In the meantime, I am going to do some research about that thing you called salvation. I wonder where I can find out more about that.
0: Catholic Radio Indy has a great new lineup for your lunchtime listening. At noon on Mondays, it's Beyond Damascus with Dan DeMott and Aaron Richards, sharing the life-changing testimonies of ordinary people serving Christ and His Church. Tuesdays, it's Catholic Radio Indy's lunchtime podcast sampler, serving up samples of some of the best Catholic podcasts available on the Internet. Wednesdays, it's Catholic Jukebox Indiana, an hour of contemporary music with a Catholic message. On Thursdays, join Tim O'Donnell, Mark Tuttle, and Joseph Tomasian in the Catholic Cave for a lively discussion of philosophical thought with a heavy dose of Catholic wisdom. And Friday, it's the Bishop Strickland Hour with Bishop Joseph Strickland of the Catholic Diocese of Tyler, Texas. Just some food for thought on your lunch hour from your friends, at Catholic Radio Indy.
3: You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy.
1: Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber, and we've been chatting about the tweets from Bishop Strickland. I have to say, Bishop Strickland, more bishops are speaking out uh, for the truths and the perennial teachings of the Church. I've not seen so many in a long time. It kind of reminds me of Our Lady of Akita. I keep bringing her up back in 1973 to a, a nun in Japan, Akita. And she said that bishops and cardinals would be arguing and discussing things and and not agreeing on on uh, Catholic teachings. And I thought, well, wow, that's prophetic because that's what's going on right now. We have cardinals— who, you know, I'll give you the example because you're going to be talking about it in a tweet. Cardinal Robert McElroy here in San Diego, in my backyard, he wrote that, ma- that uh, article on January 24th about radical inclusion. And he made, just to summarize, he made the distinction between uh, orientation and activity cannot be the principal focus for such pastoral embraces because it Neville suggests dividing the LGBT community into those who refrain from sexual activity and those who do not. In other words, those who are chaste and those who are not. I mean, this has been the teaching of the church for heterosexuals. We can't, we have to be chaste too. And so you had a a tweet saying that for pastoral ministry of Jesus Christ stands at the heart of any balanced understanding of the church that we call to be. Thus, what is well-formed conscience? Yeah, thus, what is a well-formed conscience? How does sin harm us? And can a conscience deny objective truth? Serious questions. Let's get some answers to those questions, Bishop.
3: Well, a war, well-formed conscience is a conscience that has embraced the truth. Amen. And really worked to understand what the truth is. Yes. Um. It it reminds me of you know the what I remember as a kid learning some of this and thinking, well, don't tell me it's wrong then because if you don't know, if you genuinely, honestly don't know that something is wrong, then it, it can still certainly disrupt your life. But it's it's not the sinfulness is certainly not as grave if you don't know it's wrong, but to intentionally Not learn what is right and wrong, that's a sin in itself. And, you know, so forming your conscience is an obligation that all of us have. How do we do that? We look to the deposit of faith. We look to the Word of God. We look to the teachings of the Catechism. We look to the Magisterium and form our conscience. We find out what is true and what is false. Everyone has their own struggle in their conscience with what is what is sinful, you know, some people are tempted by things that I'm not tempted by, right? I'm tempted by some things that other people don't have a problem with. Yep. But I mean, like gambling, I'm not a gambler. It's not something that I have to really worry about uh, getting addicted to gambling. Some people do. Forming your conscience means it's, it's, I would describe it as a very personal relationship with the truth yeah. because you know like i said different people have different struggles and some temptations are very powerful for one person and not very powerful for another person another example for me i think to intentionally say i'm going to take up smoking knowing that it's bad for your health then that is simple of course that and if you Forming your conscience means learning the truth and then knowing yourself well enough to know how you avoid falling into sin and especially serious sin. So conscience is not just some sort of monolithic thing that you look at, but it's about it's ultimately a relationship with Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and thinking of the truth that he has revealed with at such a cost. He revealed the truth he did by living among us and then dying for us. He rose from the dead to show us the way to follow him into everlasting life. But forming our conscience, and you hear so much about, oh, well, conscience should be overriding everything. In the sense that giving people the freedom to follow their conscience, I agree with that. Of course. that's Some of the the controversies we've had in the past few years of people being mandated to do things that were contrary to their conscience. That becomes morally uh, dangerous and evil. The, yes, a person has to be free to follow their conscience. That's freedom in the real sense. But the obligation on the person's side is to form their conscience according to the truth, according to what God has revealed to us. And not trying to twist it and shape it to make it fit what we want it to be, as I think it was Cardinal Ratzinger before he was Pope Benedict, or maybe it was when he was Pope Benedict, but he said the gist of it was, we're not to change the truth, we're to be changed by the truth. Amen. That's what the revelation of Jesus Christ is all about.
1: amen, amen. Amen. Well, Bishop Strickland, a good friend of ours, Phil Lawler, uh, who I respect for for decades, he's a great man, layman, Uh, you said, thank you, Mr. Lawler, thank you again for Bishop Paraki's. The issue goes into the very heart of the Catholic faith, who Jesus Christ is, doctrine, conscience, pastoral care must center on the person of Jesus Christ. He is truth incarnate. That's a good statement. Truth has a face. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ. So... It just seems that he was pointing out that asking, will other bishops step up to the plate? That's my line uh, to challenge uh, Cardinal McElroy. Now, again, I I'm I would my I'm a layman, Bishop Strickland, and I challenged him because I know the deposit of faith, I know my catechism, and what he said isn't consistent with the perennial teachings of the Church. Now, I realize bishops aren't known to correct each other publicly and they should probably go directly. Uh, but I understand that's already been uh, through, and people just don't agree uh, privately, so it's kind of taking it to the next level. It seems to me that more bishops are saying, look, I'm going to go to my exit interview soon. I'm getting up there in age. I don't want to not say I should have spoken out on the deposit of faith when I had an opportunity, but I didn't do it because I didn't want to feel uncomfortable Or, you know, maybe when I meet the guy at one of the bishops' conferences who disagrees with me, it might be uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know, Bishop Strickland, uh, what's what's it going to take for more bishops, I guess, my my point, and he's wanting this, to step up to the plate and say, look, I've been, and you have a statement, what are you ordained to do? Do it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And thankfully, more bishops are speaking out. I'm sure many think I speak out too much, but I don't. with with the silence, somebody's got to to speak up. And, you know, no, Christ doesn't need my defense. I mean, he can defend himself. Sure. But it, like you said, it's about being a responsible man, yeah. a responsible priest, a responsible bishop. Just like, again, I like to bring things down to the family oh, yeah. and the basic day-to-day relationships. And for you as a father, yeah. I mean your children, I presume, are grown, but and, you still have grandkids I and I think you take them fishing and stuff. <laughs> but for you, yeah. as a father figure, father and grandfather, yeah. people look to you. Yeah. people look to you for the standard yeah. of what the barber family is all about, what you believe in, what's true. Yep. And for you to to stay silent to your family, I don't think that's fathering the, your family. Amen. Um, so to me, the same thing with shepherds. I mean, we need to respect everyone, but like we've, we've talked about before, the greatest respect and charity is to support someone in the truth. And I really try to do that. Yeah. When a bishop sticks his neck out and says something that is true of Jesus Christ, I try to say, thank you. I try to say, I support you. And and I think that's important. But when the opposite happens, we need to, with charity, but the greatest charity, as I've said very often, is to bring people to the truth and to just sort of politely stay quiet when someone is saying something that's harmful to them and harmful to the church and harmful to just humanity. We need to speak up.
1: Yep, I agree. And Bishop Strickland, what you just said on a tweet quoting from James chapter 4, 7, 8, and 10. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will take flight. Draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. Great advice. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you backsliders. Be humbled in the sight of the Lord, and he will raise you up on high. Challenge and hope. Uh, Bishop Strickland, I love when you take Scripture... And put it into the tweets because, I mean, it's it's eternal truths in the Bible. It just seems like what a great thing to put in front of us on a weekly day, on a daily basis.
3: Well, and that's why I do it, because Scripture is a living word. It's God's word. It's Christ speaking to us now. Yeah. In ways that sometimes we don't clearly understand, but sometimes it's very clear. We may not want to hear what St. James is saying in that those couple of verses but we need to and we can all be backsliders we're all sinners we all stumble yep but we can f- confess like we were talking about earlier with yep. Charles yep confession is the best step in the right direction wherever we find ourselves yeah if it's been a long time since you went to confession, make sure you go to confession this Lent it will be the best thing you can do. For every aspect of your life, not just the spiritual, but every part of your life. You'll have more peace. You'll have a stronger relationship with the Lord. You'll be a better person. You'll be easier to get along with. Yep. Go to confession.
1: Amen. I want to just leave you on that one before we get into the catechism, talking about the incarnation. Cardinal Sarai, I can't go a week without talking to him. Faith is not a merchant stall where you can go to select whatever... uh, fruits and vegetables we like in receiving it we receive God whole and entire and I think that's important to recognize that uh, truth is objective truth it'll be true tomorrow, today yesterday and it's eternal truths that we're talking about folks when we come back we're going to open up our catechism and we're going to talk about the incarnation talking about about doing the uh, angelus, talk about that and much more, stay with us family we'll be right back with a quick break
4: Like coming up for air, like a time of rest after a big race, like a good meal after a long day. Jesus, what you need just when you need him. Catholic Radio Indy.
0: Take Catholic Radio Indy's 40 Days of Lent Challenge. During Lent, listen to at least one hour of Catholic Radio each day. If you're already a daily listener, add an hour each day or pick a different time to listen. Or, if you really want to go all in, listen exclusively to Catholic Radio Indy from now until Easter. Spend 40 days with Catholic Radio Indy and see what a difference 100% Catholic programming 24-7 makes.
1: Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. For those who are brand new, we try to keep to the format of going through Bishop Strickland's tweets. And then the last segment, we go to a catechism, the St. Philip Institute published through the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, The Way of Christ Catechism. And it's a very simple catechism, but it majors on the fundamentals. And, you know, we're talking about conscience and we're talking about all these things. Where do people get formed? Well, the Word of God and the Catechism. Those are two great sources for us to know our faith. So we're on the chapter 5 called Jesus Christ, God Became Man. The Word Became Flesh. And you know, Bishop, just a quick note. The Anglican Ordinariate, which is our parish here at our Sacred Heart Chapel, I love the fact that every time you mention the word Jesus Christ, uh, they, the uh, the the uh, priest. Well, if he has his little hat on, what are you, beanie, whatever you call that, he has beretta. To, uh, beretta. He takes it off out of respect for the name of Jesus Christ and bows to the crucifix. The altar boys bow to the crucifix. Now that's old school stuff, but you know, I think it's beautiful because it acknowledges the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And when we say, you know, the God became man, this is. Everything to us. So anyhow, I had to bring that up. He-
3: I have to I have to share something with that, Terry. Okay. Um, because, and it's all talking about Jesus Christ, yeah. which is what this Good. chapter is. Yeah. But the Latin Mass. Yes. That's the tradition as well. Yeah. The first time I ever celebrated a Latin Mass. Yeah. You know, I'm given the homily. And, you know, we've talked about it before. I mentioned the name Jesus a lot. Yeah more than people are accustomed to from a catholic priest or a bishop right but (laughs) i realized as i'm giving the homily the the heads just keep oh yeah poor guys are taking their head off yeah it's like uh, i had to kind of using the name of jesus so much because it was kind of getting crazy but it we do the what does scripture tell us yes the name of Jesus Christ is powerful. And sadly, I would wager that it's, pro- I mean, sadly, it's used hopefully, you know, in the church wonderfully. But in general society, if people use the name Jesus, very often it's not in a prayer. It's not in respect. Yeah. It's like some expletive. It's like saying yeah. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. We need, and I've preached on that many times, Good. but I think we need to pay attention. I mean, it's one of the commandments yeah. that, you know, keep holy the name of the Lord. And Amen. that's why beautifully we've talked about before that our ancestors, the Hebrews, wouldn't speak the name of God. I think we need right. to return to that kind of reverence. Yep. Jesus wants us to speak of Him as Lord and Savior. But we need to do so reverently. And so I'm reminded of that by what you shared Mm -hmm. in the Anglican ordinariate, which is very much tied to the Latin Mass. Oh yeah. Very much the same format. It's just sort of Elizabethan English.
1: Exactly. It's in English, yes, exactly. Now let's get to uh, question number two. Says, How did the Son of God become man? Well, at the Annunciation, we just talked about the Angelus. The angel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that she would conceive and bear a son of God, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, who is God, assumed his human nature from the Virgin Mary. The church calls the mystery of God becoming man the Incarnation. I, I, I You know, Bishop Strickland, I know this sounds horrible, But when I would teach the children a catechism, they had never heard, and I'm talking like high school kids, what is the incarnation? And so this is why it's so important that we have a catechism to teach us these things because, I mean, if we don't understand God becoming man, what's that mean to us? Redemption. So your thoughts.
3: And I think that uh, as I reflect on the word incarnation. Yeah. What does that really mean? Uh, another way of saying it is in fleshment. There you go. He becomes flesh, mm. and we are flesh and blood. He is body, blood, soul, and divinity. Yep. We are body, blood, soul, and humanity. Amen. And he becomes one of us. He he's the God man. And really, I reflect on that a lot, and I, I encourage all of us when we pray the rosary or when we say the Angelus, that annunciation, the announcement of the incarnation is that is the moment when creation changes Yeah, and to reflect on the reality that the creator of all enters into creation in a very real way. Yeah. Um, it's a great mystery. How can God, the creator of all, become a creature. Mm. That's what he does out of love for us. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Jesus is that son in his incarnation. So, and it beautifully speaks to the sanctity of our lives. Yes. And when does the son of God come into the world at the moment of his conception? Mm. As we talk about, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. At the moment of her conception, she is protected from sin. She's a human being. Tradition says Joachim and Anne were the name of her human parents. She's not God, but she's protected from sin at her conception. It just really speaks so beautifully and so clearly of so much of the controversy in our world if we really believe in Jesus Christ He teaches us that from the moment of the conception of all of us, of him as the son of God and for us as human beings, that's when the story of us begins. And we need to respect that. It's just all woven together in the beauty of creation that is changed when God becomes a part of his own creation. Talk about humility!
1: Wow! Talk about gifts! Yeah, you know, Bishop Strickland in this uh, catechism, I said it was beautiful. It said the incarnation means Jesus is one divine person with a complete divine nature, a complete human nature. This mystery revolves around three essential points. I don't know if you have it in front of you. Do you have it in front of you? I do. Okay. Can you? What are those three essential points? Because I think they're fantastic. Where are we? Which uh, on question number three? A pair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Three is right there. First, Jesus, you know, the divine person. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. First, Jesus is a divine person with a divine nature, because he is God the Son. Yep. The second person of the Trinity, as the second person of the Trinity, Jesus always existed, and has all the attributes of God. Yep. Second, Jesus is really human, and possesses a human nature because he was born of the Virgin Mary. He is fully human, but he lacks sin. Third, Jesus' two natures, divine and human, are united in the second person of the Trinity. Jesus' natures are not blended together, but he is fully divine and fully human. One divine person, God the Son, acts in the two natures, since the incarnation, Jesus has been and always will be both God and man. Oh. Beautifully succinct. I love it. If, if everyone yes. in the world would embrace those three points, it, it would transform.
1: I agree. Humanity.
3: Because when you start to really believe that, yep. then you have to believe what he teaches us. Yes. You have to believe and the church is that, I mean, it just all follows, but it's beautifully said there in those three small paragraphs, the greatest mystery of all. I mean, it, the the language that we, the church uses to get into more technical mm-hmm. theology, this is talking about the hypostatic union. Exactly. God and man. How does that work? But it, what. And it, it goes on in this chapter to talk about how we get it wrong, Yeah. how the heresies develop, because it's, it's natural. We, we tend to think, well, he can only really be God and kind of look human, or can only be human and kind of be acting like God. But no, he's fully God and fully man. That's the simplest way to speak of this profound truth. These paragraphs are truly wonderful.
1: I agree. That's why I wanted you to read it. When I read this before the show, I was like, wow, how, what clarity. And so in few words, but this is so important. This is central to our faith. Who is Jesus Christ? Yeah. yeah. We don't have time for another question, but I will remind everybody that if they want to get all the other shows, if you're brand new, go to vmpr.org and download the free app. And you can get all of Bishop Strickland's shows, past ones, and all the shows that we have at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to give a plug to the St. Philip Institute before we ask for a blessing. Tell us about the Institute, Bishop.
3: Thank you, Terry. The St. Philip Institute produced this catechism that we're reading from. Very simple format, but we need to remember the basic truth isn't that complicated, but it's very rich and very deep in mystery. The St. Philip Institute, we have a great team. They're working to, to catechize, to evangelize, to share the truth of Jesus Christ, specifically focusing on young couples approaching marriage to make sure they know what marriage really is, a sacrament and a beautiful sign, like all the sacraments that what we were talking about earlier, Christ is with us through you and your wife. Yep. We The world sees that Christ is really present. You're a sacrament. And that's what the St. Philip Institute's all about teaching Perfect. the faith. Perfect. How about a blessing if
1: we could get one now at the end of the show? Sure.
3: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for everyone listening to this podcast that we may be reminded, especially in these Lenten days, to take up the joyful challenge of Lent, to grow closer to the Lord, to repent of sin. To know our faith more deeply, it will reap dividends of great blessings and strength in the grace that God offers us. And we ask God's blessing for all of us in this Lenten journey. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so
1: much, Bishop Strickland. I just want to remind everybody the, the Spiritual Warfare Conference for the 25th and 26th of March is full, but people can stream it. Uh, by on on your internet if you want to get tickets for that go to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151 father chad ripperger bishop strickland jess romero and the whole crew will be there for this weekend conference on spiritual warfare please join us also i want to take this time to thank all of you our listeners for supporting virgin most powerful radio we couldn't do this work without your support like to go to our website, go to vmpr.org and sign up to become a monthly donor. We'd appreciate that, our one time donation. May God richly bless you and your family. We'll see you again, God willing, next week, same time, same Christ station.
0: Did you miss something in this show or just want to hear it again? Podcasts of this and all our other great local programs are available 24 7 at CatholicRadioND.org.